It is 95 degrees outside. It is a Thursday afternoon. It is time once again for instant analysis right here on the Facebook home for BamaOnline.com. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL. Fresh from the media viewing periods again at Thursday's workout at the Thomas Drew practice fields. Alabama in full pads out there today. Uh, and hot, again, hot, 95 degrees. But I don't think the real feel was quite to what it was, say, Tuesday, when the heat index uh, sort of pushed Alabama inside the Hank Crisp indoor facilities. Just oppressively hot on Tuesday. Look, full pad workout and 95 degree temps, it's still not easy. But I don't think the humidity levels uh, are what they were um, on Tuesday. So with that, Alabama works outside. Interesting setup going into Saturday's scrimmage at Bryant-Denny Stadium, the second and final scrimmage of the preseason for the Crimson Tide, in that Alabama will practice and is practicing right now uh, in full pads. Then we'll turn right around and go at 9.30 tomorrow morning on Friday. Uh, and then again, you'll have Saturday's scrimmage in the early afternoon. Now, Nick Saban will address the media following today's practice, so you're going to get that. Uh, you're also going to get Charlie Potter's practice update at BamaOnline.com. Deion McMillan out there in these high temperatures, uh, dutifully taking pictures for you, putting together another one of those practice photo galleries for you. I'm going to have some uh, video footage from the workout as well coming up in just a little bit. Uh, more of the inside linebackers, some of the outside linebackers, some of the defensive line, some of the offensive line, which was pretty interesting once again. Uh, if you follow BamaOnline.com, you read the practice report uh, from last night, you probably noticed that Landon Dickerson mentioned working at the center position. We saw that again out there today. Now, Chris Owens on Wednesday night didn't look like he was doing a whole lot. He looked to be more involved today. Matt Womack today didn't look to be uh, in a position where he was perhaps going to do everything out there. So again, those combinations in the interior of that offensive line continue to be a major storyline. Potentially Landon Dickerson working at center. As we move later into the week, it looks more and more like he may get a good look at the position in Saturday scrimmage. And as we were about to leave, the media viewing periods we did see a trio a left side talk about some big dudes some people movers uh earth movers landon dickerson at center evan neal at left guard and alex leatherwood at left tackle yeah <laughs> that could get some people moving now look we're not calling any of these competitions because again from guard to guard we've seen a little bit of everything we've seen emil echior work at both guard spots at center uh, we've seen Chris Owens, the veteran work at center. Um, Matt Womack, obviously, uh, was a, a first guy up at right guard uh, to open fall camp. But, you know, you've had some, some different things that have happened, uh, some different combinations, as we know. Nick Saban and that offensive staff on almost an annual basis, whether it's tackle, whether it's the interior spots, they like to take a look at a lot of different groups, a lot of different fives. Now, offensive tackle, there's no question there with the first team offense, Leatherwood wills. But again, the real intrigue uh, lies at those guard spots and at the center position. So that should be very fascinating to watch or hear about anyway from Saturday's scrimmage. From an injury standpoint, about what you've grown accustomed to here in the last couple of days, DJ Dale, the defensive lineman, still not out there. 
Uh, Stefan Wynn, a defensive lineman, still not out there. Neither one of those guys are expected to miss an indefinite amount of time. In other words, an extended, overly extended period of time. Um, but, you know, in terms of looking ahead to the last scrimmage of preseason coming up Saturday, obviously, Wynn will not scrimmage Saturday. I feel comfortable in saying that. I think Wynn, it might be pushing it with making it back for the opener against Duke, although with the procedures they're able to perform now to these lower extremities like ankles and things like that, they're getting guys back faster and faster. It can be a little bit more difficult, though, when you're talking about a 320-pound human being as opposed to someone more along the lines of two bills or so. So we'll see with Stefan Wynn. Uh, DJ Dale will hear from Nick Saban tonight. Perhaps he'll have an update on when he expects Dale to return because sort of the expectation has been that, you know, maybe around the time classes start, if not before, we might see DJ Dale reappear out there on the practice field. But otherwise, that defensive line about what you would expect and a promising young group and some guys that even in seven, eight, ten days since fall camp has gotten underway, you're seeing some transformation already. Uh, guys like Byron Young physically, Ismail Softshire, um, Braylon Ingram. Uh, these are guys, again, even before the, the close of this season, I think you're going to see a big difference uh, in those summer enrollees, is who I'm specifically kind of talking about here, as opposed to the early enrollees who had that jump uh, coming in in January. But, man, when you look at those three summer enrollees to go along with guys like Justin Avoigby, um, and Dale, and then Antonio Alfano as well. Uh, that's a promising, promising looking group for the future. Now we did see the nickel package. Uh, we've seen that the last couple of days as far as the secondary and the linebackers. I know you're interested in that weak side linebacker spot opposite uh, Dylan Moses. And you know what we continue to see today is Markel Benton in there with Dylan Moses. Now when the second group jumped up, you had the true freshman Shane Lee paired up with Ali Cahoe. And your third group, we didn't see these guys in the nickel, but they were paired up during individual drills. You had Jalen Moody and also Christian Harris, the impressive true freshman, who again, another one of those guys in the front seven, very promising future uh, you're hearing uh, here at Alabama. So that was the look at linebacker at the inside spots. You know, last night we saw Anthony Jennings at outside linebacker with a, a bit of a sizable brace on that knee. Looked like the right knee. Um, and today that was the case once again. He was out there with the outside linebackers. Not sure he's going to do a whole lot. You know, Terrell Lewis is obviously on a pitch count. Uh, Christopher Allen looks to be coming along very well. Um, no signs of that injury from almost exactly a year ago. So. Your top three are still very much in place, trying to figure out that four spot. You know, is Kevin Harris to a point physically already where he can handle some of that? Is this finally the point where we see Ben Davis make an impact on the two deep and perhaps also special teams? And King Wakuda, you know, he's very much in the learning phases of the position, but physically another young front seven guy uh, that you can envision being a real factor at some point down the road. Um, trying to think of anything else that I had particular interest in while I was out there in the media viewing periods. Didn't really focus on the quarterbacks and receivers uh, all that much. So a lot of the, the secondary, the linebackers, the defensive line, and the offensive line was where I was kind of uh, tuned in the most. But if you have any questions, 
Uh, we'd love to hear them right now uh, on the uh, Facebook home of BamaOnline.com. Again, uh, this instant analysis now downloads on the Built by Bama Online podcast. So we certainly invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done that already. Uh, if you have, we definitely appreciate you doing so. What do you got for me? It's nice in here. Nice. Most impressive player of fall camp so far. Wow. Um, you know, when you got here's the thing. How do you pick one guy out of a, a roster that today, earlier today, the SEC coaches had 16 Alabama selections on the preseason All-SEC team? Not the media. You know, the media takes a lot of shots for our selections, and a lot of times deservedly so. But the coaches with 16 picks, and, you know, they may have motives ulterior to – uh, heaping praise on Alabama um, in terms of expectations and things like that. But 16, yeah, Jalen Waddell, he made the first team in two different spots, all-purpose and also as a return specialist. And then he made the third team as a wide receiver. That's one guy. Um, you know, it, it's hard to pick. The most impressive-looking um, guys, I mean, Raquan Davis, Dylan Moses, Najee Harris, um, you can kind of take your pick. I think, again, some of those young defensive linemen, Justin Aboigby for a true freshman, uh, looks like a rookie in the National Football League. Now we're just talking physical attributes, but um, you know, you could probably pick between five or six guys out there right now easy and, and not necessarily be wrong. Jared asking about that third running back slot. That's another thing that's gonna be a big point of emphasis in Saturday scrimmage, you have to believe Jerome Ford got a lot of work last week. Keelan Robinson got some work last week following the injury to Trey Sanders. Uh, a week ago today, a week ago tonight, Trey Sanders went down with that foot injury. So, yeah, Jerome Ford should be very much in play. Um, Chadarius Townsend this week, you know, after making the move from wide receiver back to running back one more time, now I don't think that's a situation where they're just, okay, let's, let's just fill a – a scholarship spot in the running back room. I think Shadarius Townsend as a uh, complimentary player, as a support player, um, has a chance there. So I'll be interested to kind of hear how he does on Saturday. Yeah, you know, I think the younger players are starting to get to the other side of the wall because I hear you. Um, man, there is a wall, and especially for guys, again, that that didn't come in the in the winter in January and go through spring practice and the initial run of the fourth quarter program with those off-season workouts. So, you know, you can come in early June, late May. You can go through the summer workouts. You can do all those things, but you cannot simulate the pace at which Alabama works on the practice field. So especially for the bigger guys, uh, the defensive linemen particularly, guys like Softshore, guys like Byron Young, um, there was a wall. And I think in some ways it's still there, but watching those guys today, they seem to be handling all that maybe a little bit better than they did even, well, a week ago. Yeah, headed into that first scrimmage, you, you could see where some guys were, the bear had jumped on their back, the proverbial bear. And um, also, I think there's more of a sense of there's a light at the end of the tunnel at this point. You know that second scrimmage essentially signals the end of fall camp, although that doesn't really happen until the start of fall semester classes next week. Um, but there's some, again, there's some light at the end of the tunnel right now.
What else, gang? Brian is asking about Dylan Moses. Dylan looks good. You know, I've said it before. It's it's setting up similar for Dylan, like it has a few of the guys that's come before him. C.J. Mosley, they needed to be huge uh, there for a couple of years, especially in 2013, and he fit the bill. Uh, 2009, especially after Dante Hightower went out uh, early in that season, needed Rolando McClain to be the unquestioned alpha and uh, guy in the middle of the defense. He did it. You know, Alabama's had some tough injuries, and Alabama can't afford an injury, really, to Dylan Moses. But knock on wood, hear that? Knock on wood, Alabama, kind of like the quarterback position, when it comes to that middle linebacker, that unquestioned top linebacker at the inside positions, Alabama has typically gotten through the season with a guy, you know? And, you know, in 2011, it was a little, 2010, it was a little rough, rough for Dante Hightower because he was coming off such a severe knee injury from that 2009 season. But the Dante Hightower we saw in 2011 was outstanding. So can Alabama keep that sort of streak alive where keeping that unquestioned top inside linebacker on the field is concerned? Shane Lee's got a shot, man. Shane Lee, I think, is right there in that mix. Again, we've heard Nick Saban talk about that situation when McMillan was healthy, that it might be by committee. Uh, and I think Shane Lee, when you just look at him, you think if they need to play some base with his body type um, and his ability between the tackles, uh, he could be the guy in the base. When they go nickel, maybe it's Markel Benton initially. Again, it could be a couple of guys. You know, every down it's going to be Dylan Moses, but base and nickel, it could be a couple of guys. could be Ali Caho. You don't know. Joel, I didn't notice that Tua didn't have zip on the ball last year. Now, yeah, when he was injured, the zip probably came off of it a little bit. But, yeah, Tua doesn't have any problem spinning it from what I can tell. It looks pretty good. Nope, the scrimmage is not open to the public on Saturday. Getting questions already about toughest game on the schedule. I still think it's Auburn. Any place where you've lost two out of your last three that you've been down there um, kind of has to be that one. In terms of roster, uh, it should be LSU. You know, LSU player for player, recruit for recruit, other than when Alabama goes into Louisiana and takes the top recruits out of there. It should be on paper you know, a, a, a bloodletting here in Tuscaloosa on uh, November the 9th. But again, I think for Auburn it works well that the quarterback situation should have played itself out enough at that point where you've got your guy. Now, are you getting good play out of your guy? We'll see. But I think Bo Nix and Joey Gatewood both fit more of what Gus Malzahn really wants to do with that offense than probably even Jared Stidham. Now, they're not the passers that Jared Stidham was, but he's got two guys that he's going to feel like he can run in that offense. And he's not going to be worried really probably about protecting either one of them all that much because he's got two. Yeah, uh, Joshua, it's a good point about uh, development at the wide receiver position and Holloman Wiggins, that's, that's a primary objective, no doubt, for him, the first year wide receivers coach. Um, the good news is he inherits a top four at the position that might go down in historic type terms when it's all said and done with those guys. Um, but the other side of that is in year two, he 
is likely to lose two of the three. Todd McShay yesterday had his first round mock. He had Henry Ruggs, number 11, in the first round. And that was with Jerry Judy, number two, going behind Tua at number one. Um, so if you lose two of those guys, yeah, Devontae Smith would likely be back in that scenario. Um, Jalen Waddell would still be back. So nobody's going to shed a tear for Alabama, uh, even if those two guys leave and you return the other two. But that's where John Mechie needs to keep coming. Um, that's where guys like Terrell Shaver still will have a chance. Slade Bolden is a guy I wouldn't forget about. Um, Xavier Williams. And you look at this next class for Alabama, real emphasis on the wide receiver position and a chance to bring in another three or four or so that have an opportunity to help early on in their careers. D-line looks good other than no DJ Dale. Now, you put DJ Dale back in the middle with LeBron Ray back and Raekwon Davis at the other end, and that depth that you're building with Justin Aboigby, uh, Christian Barmore, who, again, he's another one of those younger guys that continues to look like he's making that physical transformation, uh, and, and you feel better about things. Fedarian Mathis, to his credit, you know, he's a valuable guy in that he's played some football, played some crucial moments during the 2018 season, and he's played on the nose. He's played some at end, so he's got a little versatility to him. Not going to be probably Quinnen Williams or Deron Payne, but he's going to be steady. And you know on first down he can at least hang in there and keep your linebackers clean. But you get D.J. Dale back healthy to go along with what you got at end, feel pretty good about it. Jimmy, I, you know, I just kind of know like everybody else on Trey San Sanders' injury. I, I know I've been asked about career ending and, and all these things, and that's not my understanding of it. Um, it's a foot injury. It required surgery and, you know, shoot for getting him back on some bases in the spring. It's kind of where it's at. Jalil Billingsley, Brian, I'd say right now there's probably five tight ends that are truly in the mix. Is it five? Let's let's count them off. Good to have Miller Forstall ramping back up. Major Tennyson, Cameron Latou, Giles Amos, very much in that mix. And then I'd say Jalil Billingsley with Michael Parker maybe being that sixth guy. Yeah, JJ, we just ran down the tight ends for you. As of today, Brock, I'm pretty comfortable with the linebackers, you know? Um, weak side is a concern. It was going to be a concern regardless. Um, the outside guys, sure, you'd still love to have an engaged and uh, grounded Ayabi Noma, but that just didn't seem possible there at the end. So you got what you got at outside linebacker and you keep Terrell Lewis healthy. I know that's a big question. Uh, Anthony Jennings stays healthy. Chris Allen stays healthy. Uh, you got three you can win with. Now, you need to continue to develop beyond those three because as much as your pass rush is in play these days, you know, teams that don't even really try to run the football can also wear down defenses uh, with the pass rush getting gas. So, be really good to see one of those next guys, Dress Parks, um, Kevin Harris, Ben Davis, uh, Mwakuda. Somebody continue to develop behind those guys, a couple of them. Jared, the secondary looks really good in terms of the top five or six guys. I don't think there's much doubt that, you know, they've got kind of their top five or six right now. It's a matter of how it shakes out maybe at the safety spot. 
uh, there between Shaheem Carter and Jared Maiden. We continue to see Jared Maiden um, in those looks with the nickel, but um, Shai is certainly going to be in the mix, uh, whether it's at safety, whether it's star, whether it maybe ends up being at both. But it's interesting today that watching this, the, the second group, it was Jalen Armour Davis at left corner. We've seen him work at star with the twos, but Scooby Carter, there might be something going on with him. Uh, he just didn't look like himself out there early in practice today. And here's the thing too, compared to some of the previous years, you don't see black non-contact jerseys during the media viewing periods anymore. When we go out there, other than the quarterbacks who are in black all the time, everybody else is in crimson or white. Used to be you'd go out there and you'd already see guys in black non-contact jerseys, so you could, you know, kind of make the the note that something's up. Um, but we don't see that anymore. Now, as soon as we leave, I promise you, there's black jerseys going on, guys, that are even questionable. Um, but watching that group today, yeah, Jalen Armour Davis, um, Marcus Banks at the other corner, Shaheen Carter was a star with the twos. Daniel Wright at safety, uh, Jordan Battle at safety. You know, that's kind of what we saw with that next wave. True freshmen that will play this season. Wow. I don't know if we have enough time. We're going to wrap this up here in a minute. But true freshmen that I think on the offensive line, Evan Neal's going to play this season. Um, you know, that four-game rule, there, there's so many of these guys that can play. You know, quarterback, I think Talia will play. Maybe Paul Tyson plays. Um, I feel comfortable that Leo will play. Uh, at running back, I would think Keelan Robinson would play. Evan Neal on the offensive line, I think Jalil Billingsley will play at tight end. Um, wide receiver, John Mechie's going to play this year. Um, defensive line, I know this sounds crazy, but I think you could see all six of those guys. Maybe Braylon Ingram. And again, I think some of those guys could be four games and, and keep their year. You know, I don't, I don't think you, I, I don't know if you'll see all six playing more than four games, but that four-game redshirt rule, man, it puts everybody in the pool. You know, uh, Will Riker's gonna play, kick, punt, all of the above. Um, in the secondary, I outlined a lot of those uh, true freshmen for you: uh, Carter potentially, uh, Banks looks like he's gonna play. Uh, I think Christian Harris at inside linebacker will play. Shane Lee at inside linebacker will play. Kevin Harris will play at outside linebacker. I mean, I'm naming everybody, just about. Maybe some of the offensive linemen I'm, I'm not naming. You know, we didn't see Pierce Quick out there. I don't think we saw him. We didn't see him the last couple of days, so that's something to keep a note of, too. Amari Kite might play at offensive tackle, you know. Moody, Jalen Moody, uh, he's in that mix. But uh, right now what we're seeing the last couple of days is they ramp up for the second scrimmage. With that second group, it's been more Shane Lee and Ali Caho. But that's a situation that I think, you know, you could get a month into the season and there's still some things going on. Yeah, I think DeMarco Ellums, Ellums uh, will likely play um, at safety. Again, with the four-game rule, why not? And especially on special teams, talk about – the perfect sort of fit for just about everything you need on a coverage and return unit, DeMarco Ellums is that guy. But I think in terms of defense right now, he's not quite, yeah, Turnage will play. I, I think Turnage has a real nice, uh, real nice future. Woody, we talked about the kickers uh, Tuesday, but 
it's a big scrimmage Saturday for Bull of us and Skylar DeLong because Will Reichard seems intent on winning all the jobs. You know, Will doesn't play nice with other kickers, apparently. He wants all their gigs. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to hear that Joseph Bullivis and DeLong continue to, to upgrade. I, I think here's the thing. If there's sort of a combination, if it's a combination of Reichard and, and DeLong and Bullivis between kickoffs and extra point and punting and uh, field goals and all that, I think the leash for the guys that are – returning guys like DeLong and Bullivis might be a little short. You know, I think ideally if you've got three kicker punter types on scholarship, heck yeah, if they're all worthy of handling roles, hand them out, you know, divvy it up. But, you know, if it comes down to it and one guy can do it all and he's your best option, that's what you're going to do too. What else, gang, before we get out of here? Got a lot of coverage coming up for you at BamaOnline.com. Again, subscribe to the Built by Bama Online podcast. Had a fun one yesterday, if you haven't heard it. Myself, Tim Watts, and BOL staffer emeritus Trevor Hewitt. We kind of went all over the place, so check that one out if you haven't already. All right, well, I'm going to get out of here then. Again, BamaOnline.com. Charlie Potter's going to have that practice report. It's probably already up. Deion McMillan's going to have that photo gallery from today. I'm going to have some practice video coming up in just a little bit as well. And most importantly, you're going to hear from Nick Saban coming up around. Yeah, it's almost 3.30 as I'm finishing this. So, yeah, right around 5, a little before 5. Uh, we're going to have that live thread up of Nick Saban's comments at his Thursday news conference. Now, Alabama again will practice tomorrow, Friday morning at 9.30. So no instant analysis tomorrow, but what we're going to do Saturday is Charlie and I are going to go in and check out the pre-scrimmage periods. And then after that, we will do a quick pod. We'll do a quick Built by Bama online podcast. You'll probably catch that around 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. So that's what will come next to you in this form of what they now call, the kids call, multimedia. We'll have that for you on Saturday. But as always, continuing coverage of everything Alabama at BamaOnline.com. Thanks a lot, you guys and gals. And uh, have a great rest of your Thursday.